to the Not Great Parents podcast. I'm Not Great Parent Molly, and this is Not Great Parent Nathan. Hello. How's it going today? It's going good. Not great. Not great. That's but good. We don't want it's to not go. great because it is hot. It is very hot in here. So if we are a little like sparkly or whatever, it's because glistening. we're dying of heat. We are we're going to drink water through this and we probably should get some fans. If we pass out from heat stroke, just wake me up and we'll keep we're going. S- you, you, we just keep talking while you're asleep? I don't know. Do I'm you gonna, talk in your sleep? I do talk in my sleep. You do? I don't only talk in my sleep, I sleep walk. Oh, that freaks me out. So, oh, and, and? I see ghosts. So. Oh, well, Ben sees snakes. <laughs> Me, man. Oh, my gosh, yes. Oh, isn't that a pair? Yeah. I'll wake up in the middle of the night and go, what is that? What is that? So that's what the is kind that? of stuff he does, but it's a snake. So one time Uh-oh. it was, one time it was, watch out, watch out. It's going to drop. It's going to drop from the ceiling. And I was like, what? From our ceiling fan? Snake. Oh, yeah. No, I've seen people. I One time I woke up and I said, there's someone walking in the room. Okay, there's someone that's walking terrible. in the room. That's and terrible. Jennifer wakes up and then I, she goes, what? When did I go, get out of here. Get out of here. And she goes, what? And I go, oh, never mind. It's nothing. You can go back to sleep. And then I roll over and instantly go back to sleep. <laughs> oh, and she's up for the rest of the night. I know that life because yeah. that's happened to me. The time Ben leaned over and like nuzzled in and said, shh. Don't look. There's someone over there in the window. Oh, yeah. I've had all like, of those And I was like, what on earth are you talking about? Oh, I, I see very specific things. One time I saw a man walk into a room and go like this. And then keep going, which okay. was creepy. And then one time I saw a little old lady holding a baby, speaking in Spanish to the baby. Do you remember these things? or do <laughs> Oh, you? yes. 100%. Okay. Okay. So I can still actually, hear her voice. It's not head. like you're asleep through the whole thing. You tell Jennifer about it, and you never have a recollection of it. You actually do remember all these oh, things. Oh, 100%. And supposedly, and I heard this. Now, I've not done any of the research on this okay. to, to know. But where I understand it is sleepwalking and sleep talking are both you acting out whatever you're dreaming. Right. right. So it's and you. That would make sense. Right. And so sleepwalking Someone is. Someone telling you, shh. My wife has had bits <laughs> of what's called sleep paralysis. Right. Uh, so sleepwalking is when you go to sleep and you're in that kind of REM sleep, mm-hmm. your body releases this, your brain releases this chemical to actually kind of paralyze your body. Mm. Well, my brain doesn't release that chemical. It activates you. Yeah, I. so I get up and I'm, I'm acting out my dreams. And so I'm assuming I'm having some nightmare where someone's breaking in the home, but I'm waking up and seeing it. And I say, well, my wife has had bits of the sleep paralysis, which is the opposite, which is your body releases too much of the chemical to paralyze. So you wake up, you're you alert, but you can't, she can't move it. And then because you're in this little like liminal space between sleep and that, you start to see a figure your brain starts, she's seen figures like moving towards and her. And she can't. And she can't And move. then you're next to her saying, hey, look, there's some dude in our room. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Sounds fun at your house. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. We are we are uh, in the midst of being possessed. So. Yes. Wow. So today's not episode is not about ghosts. It, <laughs> maybe we should do something. Maybe. We, we probably have some good stories, I bet. Um, yeah. Anyway, but... We said at the beginning we're not great parents, and that's true. We don't want to be great parents. We are parents who um, are seeking to pursue the goodness of God as opposed to the greatness that the world has defined for us. So the greatness of busyness and more of everything. and success and all the fulfillment we could possibly want in every way, shape, or form. I think last episode we talked about it being this, you know, checkbox off of all of our bucket lists, whatever that looks like for us. Whatever my perfect life is, I get. So we don't want to be pursuing 
that life. That no, it's great never life. ending. You don't ever get to it. You're never. There is no satisfaction. There is no complete satisfaction. Mm-hmm. There's no wholeness in that. We want to be people who pursue the goodness of God for us and for our families, and we want to be parents who are helping train our children to also seek that goodness. So Yeah, that's really good. Um, so we've been doing confessions, and this might be the last of this kind of mini-series. Doesn't mean it'll be the last confession we do, but we've been doing this mini-series now for multiple episodes, and we've kind of we feel like we've exhausted this idea a little bit. Now, so. if you have other confessions and you we feel like, yeah, don't don't quit sending us those confessions or questions. Absolutely. There's a link in the show notes and you can send those in to us. And we want to hear what they are. But we do feel like we've kind of gotten a whole bunch of them. We added some of our own in and we've really kind of covered quite a few. So we'll probably, as a series, move on to some other things. But yeah. I would venture to guess that we yeah, we'll will continue this. to have some confessions along the way. And we want to hear it. I see it almost like what we're doing is kind of creating different genres of episodes. You know what I mean? Like we have these episodes. And so I think we'll, if you have a confession or you have an idea you want to send in and get the idea, it could be a question episode or it could be another confession episode. So we're not abandoning the idea of, of talking about these confessions. Especially if it's a good confession. Oh, if it's really juicy. If it's juicy, send it in. Yeah. But the idea of these confessions has been what we've said is in the in the Christian tradition, confession is a, a critical part. Right. And sometimes I need to confess things I'm doing that are wrong, mm-hmm. what we would call sinful or evil or harmful to myself or another person. Mm-hmm. I need to confess those so you can correct them. I can mm-hmm. get them out into the light. I'm not going to hide them, them anymore. And correct them. But then sometimes confessions are actually where you profess what you believe, what you know to be true, even if in the world of greatness, those are things you may not never really want to say, right? That, right. you know, even in the Christian confession that we we follow a crucified Savior. Well, in the first century, to follow someone who had been, you know, <laughs> executed by the Romans in this humiliating way, no, no one way. would want to confess that. That was no way in their idea of greatness. In fact, Paul refers to it as, it is foolishness to this world, but we know it's the wisdom of of God. And so we want to confess sometimes, hey, like we said the one time, you know, I don't think my kids can do anything or be anything, right? And and my kids are not my whole world. And in the world of greatness, that's something you would never say. But good parents, we need to say that more often. Yeah, so this this whole series, what we've been doing is breaking down these confessions, and we were either confirming them and saying, hey, this this confession is something that you should hang on to. Yes. This is something that that is a good confession. And then yes. we're also finding somewhere we're saying, you know, there's some correction that needs to be yes. made either in the behaviors that go with it or in the right. thought process behind it. So it's been really fun. We've had quite a few good discussions. And so today I like the topic. Yes. Because I I have had moments where I have felt this, not mm. recently, but in you know, years sure. ago. And I have a lot of people who have said this to me yes. in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, they may not they have not said these words. These words but yeah. they, or I've decided that they could say these words based on observations and probably yes, judge, judgment that I might have on them. Maybe, anyway, maybe, maybe. here it is. My kid runs my house. Yeah. Or my kids run my house. Yeah, and I think we wanted to leave that as kind of the topic, to leave it a little broad, because what that could mean is, and once again, I don't know that anyone would say these words, but it's something you might have to confess is when I get brutally honest, yes. if I'm honest, 
my kid's behavior runs my house. And so my what child, everything about my child runs the house. And, and so their behavior, their emotional state, where yes. their, their mood for that day, yes. what they want, their desires, all that runs my house on a day-to-day basis. Yes. And so I never, I, I, I don't correct their behavior. We, I don't know how to discipline very well. I mean, once again, these are things no one would say There's out loud. There's a lot of friction between me and my spouse like oh sure yeah i want to do something or they want to do something and the one of us is like no let's not let's not let's not do that yes i i were i get nervous talking to my children about whatever it is that they're doing or my kids emotions run the house and so if my kids just having a sad day we all have to just slow down and just deal with whatever emotion they're dealing with if if they're if they're really anxious today, we got to really slow down and just deal with all the anxiety and no one. We're not going to do certain things. We're not going to all this kind of stuff. Now, that isn't to say, and I know this how it is because I I have uh, children who have all different kinds of needs, and so there are things that we don't do as a family, and there are things that we're not a part of because of their unique needs. Uh, but an important thing I think, and this is where we're going to really get to in this episode, is uh, the role really of a parent is to um, create those kind of structures in place that say, despite your mood, mm-hmm. maybe even despite certain behaviors you have, these are the ways we will operate and function. It's like those little signs those that everyone gets like, in yes. this house, we do second chances. <laughs> in this house, and that's we do hugs. Fun. We just might not put it on artwork. Yeah, and I think those things are fine. But what I would love to see is what people actually do, which is like, in this house, we do guilt trips. In this house, we do passive aggressive comments. Yes, in this in this house, we we do the silent treatment. So, if, if you're listening to us talk and you're wondering, were they confirming that or not? We are not confirming mm. that my kids should run my house. We no. are saying that what Nathan just said. We need this structure and this this way in which we are going to operate as a family, and and that is our role as a parent to put that in place for our children, young, especially young. Yeah, and so the way I, I remember hearing one uh, family psychologist who was a believer talk about this is he said, you know, really the role, especially in the early years, and I'm talking about first 10 years of your kid's life, right. is that a parent is really the substitute frontal lobe. Oh, we're back to the brain. And we're back to the brain, right? <laughs> that the job of a parent is yeah. uh, children, human beings have to have, I shouldn't say have to have, but are designed to have a frontal lobe uh, on your brain, which is a fully developed frontal lobe has the, controls the, what's called the executive uh, function. control function of your body. That it's the ability to plan ahead, mm-hmm. right? Uh, to kind of follow through on those plans. It's the part of your brain that handles like impulse control. Mm-hmm. It's the part of your uh, brain that helps you to know, you know, like every action, this action will have this consequence, right? Mm-hmm. It helps you to strategize, has all of these different roles. Um, I remember one is to follow step-by-step instructions. Oh yes. How many steps can you do? <laughs> right. And in fact, b- both Molly and I, uh, are, are on the ADHD side of things. And that's one of the... Not that any listener on here would ever know that. No. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's one of the, the parts of ADHD is it is a reduced capacity of your right. executive uh, controlling function. And so, you know, sometimes you have to take medicine to do that or there, you know, there are... There or are, are the thing, tools, the ways yes. you can learn... Um, to you cope know, with skills that. Skills that you can 
grow in to help you deal with that. Absolutely. But your children, um, and I, and we were talking about this on our other podcast, Three Peas in a Pod. Oh, yes. Yeah, so the finally named podcast. Yes, Three, three Peas, Peas in a, a pod. pod. On Three Peas in a Pod, we were talking about this, and uh, Jason, who has been going back to school to be um, to be able to uh, have a counseling degree, and he's done some you know neuroscience-type classes to talk about mm-hmm. brain development, he said that um, it really starts to develop in the teenage years but doesn't get fully developed until you're in your in your mid-20s. Mm-hmm. Um, I've often heard 25 is the date. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the thing that our children don't have. And so when you sit with your kid and you watch them do these things and you go, why in the world would you do it? Didn't you know what was going to happen? The answer is no. They can't plan ahead. They do what feels right in the way. They're almost all impulse. They have very low impulse control. Mm-hmm. And so the goal really of a parent is we want to be the ones to be that substitute frontal lobe, right? Because right. one of those things is, that's, that's funny, someone walked by and I thought, there's her frontal lobe not working. My frontal lobe just did not work because someone walked down and I went, yeah, because one of the object. <laughs> the frontal lobe helps you do is to follow instructions, follow a conversation without becoming distracted. Which I just tuned out of the conversation. <laughs> yeah, so when you're sitting with your kid. And now and you, I can't remember even the confession. Yeah. <laughs> I'm back, I'm fine. My mom used to always say, you know, we, oh, how many follow-through conversations did you have with oh, your mom? Because oh. I can't even begin to tell you how time my mom would go, you get to like 75%. And yes. then... <laughs> my mom would always talk about, you know, between me and my brothers, you know, if she would tell us, go upstairs, get your clothes and your towels, and, you know, she'd give you like three things and bring them back downstairs. Both my other brothers come down, they'd have followed all the instructions, got yeah. it done. I'd be gone for about 10 minutes. She wouldn't know where I was. She'd call me downstairs. I'd come down with none of the things she asked, but a picture that I'd made. Yes, yes. <laughs> and let me tell you a story about this thing that I made this one time. And you're happy about it. Oh, and I was like, why, you, and why are you so frustrated? Yes, I don't understand. Right, and yes. so your child, and obviously, if your child has ADHD, the, that function is even lower, right? Yes. And so... Um, the important part for us as parents is we want to be the ones who have the bigger picture of our kids' life and mind, mm-hmm. right? That we're the ones who can look and to say, hey, we know the goal is for you to love God and love people. And I can see how this behavior you're doing right now, right, this temper tantrum you just threw, or this disrespectful way you spoke to someone, right? right? So ultimately, this selfishness. Yeah, this, this sin, this will keep you from being able to love God and love people in the right way. And so I need to help put boundaries mm-hmm. and consequences and all different kinds of whatever, you know, whatever it takes really to help you to choose what will be best for your future. And I mean, in terms of loving God and loving people even if it's not something you would naturally choose right now. And so this is where the role of what we call discipline really comes in. If you are watching us today, you might notice that we look a little different. Yeah, oh, in, just in between those two segments, we, yes. have a, we had a wardrobe change. Oh yes, we were getting fancy and now we have multiple outfits per podcast. Yes, that's podcast. right, that's right. No, we filmed this in two parts, mostly because the other day it was 
Uh, we mentioned it on the podcast, but the air conditioning was out, and it was really hot in here. It was unbearably hot. And we decided that it was all melting together. Our yes. words, yes. our faces, the whole thing, and it just didn't make enough sense. So we're going to yes. reshoot some Molly of this. Molly and my executive brain functioning, we were getting distracted Terrible. by the Oh, heat. there was distractions Oh, there was someone walking around. Somebody it was, was in the hallway. Yeah. It was hot. It was... So this is take two of the second part, talking about... Yeah. Discipline, And I know where we left it off was we talked about this idea of the executive brain uh, function that mm -hmm. is in your frontal lobe and that it develops later in life. And as parents, we want to mimic or we want to be the frontal yeah, lobe the for our child. The substitute lobe. frontal lobe for our young children. And one thing that I noticed when I was listening back to, to what we already filmed is... Um, one thing we didn't mention is a big part of the of a frontal lobe and the executive brain function is one thing that it does for us is it internally motivates us to mm -hmm. follow through with the plan. So I've already said, uh, you know, the executive brain function helps you to make a plan mm -hmm. for the future, right? And then it allows you to follow the plans of those steps without being distracted. Right. And, and then it internally motivates you to actually go about implementing the plan. And complete the plan. I and, know we talked about follow through a lot. Yes. So all of those different kind of things. And with our children, what I notice a lot with parents of young children, we've talked about this in various ways, mm -hmm. but when your kids are really young, um, we end up talking a lot about internal motivations because, and I even hear a lot of like parenting wisdom, like on Instagram and yes. TikTok these days. And I don't know if they're all from psychologists or not. I would oh, assume they're most all of true. Them are, yeah, I would assume most of them are not. Yeah. But there's a big movement right now of don't use external motivations to get your to train your kids to do things. Things like. Punishments and rewards, and or you know, discipline well, and rewards. I mean, there's sometimes punishment. Yeah, but I think the idea that we want to get to is right that these consequences and rewards—that's not what you want because then they're just chasing carrots and sticks. Right. right? So that we're just dangling whatever the negative or the positive consequence would be right, right. in front of them and saying, "Don't get, do this. Don't, don't do this, or this negative thing will happen. Or do this, and you'll get this." Which and sounds like bribery sometimes. Right. And if and I will say there are ways in which you can use both of those things. Mm -hmm. I can't remember now if we talked about the difference between punishment and discipline. I don't know okay. if it's in the slurry second half section or the beginning. Yeah, so we'll just kind of briefly say punishment, once again, is punitive. It is, you did a bad thing, so I want you to feel bad. Yes. Discipline is, uh, you need help doing a good thing, mm -hmm. and maybe that's because you did a bad thing. Therefore, I'm going to put boundaries uh, around the bad stuff mm -hmm. so that you will do the good things. Right. You can be trained to do the good right. things. Um, and so when it comes to discipline, what I f find a lot is parents want to sit and talk about internal motivations with their kids when they're little, right? And mm -hmm. they want to sit down and they want to go, hey, mommy needs some help right now. You know, you're talking really up. Mommy needs some help. Can you help me by doing good? And sometimes that works, but then sometimes you get a kid who goes, no. Yeah. <laughs> or they say yes, but they actually don't have the ability. Right. Or they can't tell you why they would or would not help you. Right. right? Like, right. like, come help me with this. And they might say no, or that kids are naturally somewhat helpful at young ages, but yes. they they can't explain it. Right. Or why did you lie to me? Well they don't they don't have a why behind it and why do lies hurt and all those kind of things. And I think it's important to explain things. But when our kids are young, really the job of that executive brain function, that, that frontal lobe, 
is to do the internal motivation. Well, your kid doesn't have it. Therefore, we have to motivate them. But the only way we have, because we are not, even though I think some of us think we are in our kids' heads. We're not. You're not. You are an external function to them as a person. You only have external motivations. And I think the reason this is important is not because we want to use carrot and stick to get what we want. It's because you create your habits, but the habits you create end up creating you. You create your habits, but the habits you end up create, creating end up creating you. Yes. Okay, I think that makes sense. So, I have to repeat things back sometimes so that I can process it. But the idea behind that is, <coughs> you know, you're the one who creates your rhythm of life. You're right. the one, eat intentionally or unintentionally, right? Right. I have a bad habit of biting my fingernails. I don't ever remember telling myself to bite my fingernails, but I am the one who did it. So when did I come and put my fingernails Apparently you have this habit of clearing your throat. Clearing my throat is another one, you know. Was not aware of And I don't remember doing it unintentionally, but I did, right? Mm -hmm. And over time, those habits, those routines, they create something in me. And for example, with my, with the biting of my nails, I do that a lot more uh, when I'm bored, right? When I have nothing going on. And that has created me this feeling of, I have to be doing something mm -hmm. at all times, right? Um, and a lot of times I think we think it's the reverse, but it's not. And I know those are stupid small habits, bigger habits like this. Uh, when I was little, uh, I've always had trouble, obviously, with the amount I speak. I speak a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. So do I. Yeah. So as I've gotten <laughs> older, though, I've had to really learn and, and try. I'm not great at it. But to slow down, and especially if I'm in larger groups, mm -hmm. try not be the first person to answer a question. I've had to do that too. Yeah, try to be the first one. Because when I was younger, the habit I created, and this was intentional, was if you want to be impressive and smart, mm -hmm. you need to be the first to speak because it looks like you already had the answer on top of your head. Okay. You know, and I remember that when I was really little. I also remember in the teenage years, I created this habit of I, I would go and just look up, you know, Wikipedia has an article of the day. I would read the Wikipedia article of the day. This was in my teenage years. And then I would also look up uh, dictionary.com has a word of the day. And I would just look at the word of the day because I said, I'm going to be the person who uses big words. <laughs> I just said, I'm going to be this person. Oh my gosh. And I manifested. <laughs> oh, manifesting. That was probably one of those words. You know, <laughs> and but that's my point. Oh that my created gosh. a habit. But then that habit created me that I felt like I needed to be the most impressive person yes. in the world, the, the room. I needed to be, you know, this kind of person. Now, where did that start? Was that a personality thing? Was that a habit? Who knows? Once again, because you do create the habit. Right. But then over time, the habit does create you. Mm -hmm. So when you look at your kid, um, your kid who feels like, uh, and let's talk about your three-year-old. Your three-year-old who screams at you. Let's even go back further than that. You're you're one year old, right? Who, when she doesn't get what he she wants or he doesn't get what he wants, screams. Ah, does that really baby? You know the yes. one I'm talking about, right? They do that scream, and you just go, "Well, they're one. It's not that big of a deal, mm -hmm. right?" That does even in that it becomes an embodied habit. That then at three, they're throwing tantrums. Mm -hmm. By seven, they're calling people mean names, mm -hmm. hitting people. By 15, who knows what it becomes? Because it does evolve. It doesn't always escalate. That's why I think a lot of people think is. No, it can change. It just looks different. Yes, it's that's the same well, core, The same core thing. Well, because the habit you have is if I'm angry, that needs to be expressed towards someone. Mm -hmm. 
That needs to be expressed towards someone. And what you are doing as a parent when your child screams at you and you choose to say, not, I say no. Right. And then I don't give them what they want. Right. What I am doing is I am, I am coming in and cutting off their action with a different consequence on the other side. And our job as a parent is I want to help you create habits, create a structure when you don't have that executive brain function. That I am externally helping you to choose things so that when you are able to internally motivate you, you don't have all of these bad habits. So my encouragement, if you feel like you've got young kids in the house and those kids run the house. Right. Um, putting structure in, putting consequences, even reward systems in place, these external motivations, mm-hmm. uh, they are not bad things that will keep your kid from learning how to internally motivate themselves. Any more than, and this is what I know, you're, you're still sending your kid to school even though they hate it. Hopefully, you're bringing your kid to church, even if they're grumpy on Sunday morning. Yeah. That you're saying, I, I am going to give you the skills that you need so when you're old enough to choose for yourself. Then you would choose this. I hope hopefully. you will. And the way I, I said it to you before we film is the way I used to say it to parents is, you know, parents would go, I don't want them to hate church. That's, that's once again, internal motivation. What I feel about church. Guess who hated church? Yeah. Well, I'll say I have. And now, what do I do? Yes, I have one child right now. I wouldn't say that she hates church, but she's very socially anxious coming mm-hmm. to church. It's just a lot for her. And I know, I bet if I told her, "Hey, we can stay home today," there would be Sundays she would want to stay home. Yeah. And I and I said to my wife, I don't want her to every Sunday be so socially anxious that she hates church. Yeah. But this is what I used to say to parents all the time. If you choose not to bring them to church, they may one day, in fact, learn to love Jesus. Yes. But it will be in spite of what you did Mm -hmm. rather than because of what you did. Mm -hmm. And even if I bring my kids to church, they may choose not to love Jesus, but it will be in spite of what I did, not because of what I did. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. And that's what we are trying to do is I want them to best be able to choose to love God and love people and not in spite of what I did. <laughs> Hope that if they choose not to do those things, may it be in spite of the way I raised them, mm-hmm. not because of the way I raised them. Mm-hmm. And so, because um, once if they choose to do those things, it may be because of the way you raised them. Well, and that's the hope. Like, that's my scenario. I mean, yes, my that's parents, the hope. I think I've talked about it in previous episodes. I went every single week to church, and it was probably the biggest like friction or rub between my mom and I. I mean, we had battles about it because I did not want to be there. Yes. And then they made it worse. And they were actually my leaders, and that yes. was even worse. Yes. But I did not want to go. And But I went every week because that was just what we did as a family. We were there. That was yes. what we did. Went to college, did my own thing. And then I knew when I, anytime I felt like I needed structure, comfort, something in my yes. life. And when I thought of my life long term, I knew church would be part of it. Right. And so I think that's the goal. And once again, we try to say this all the time. If that doesn't happen that way for you, that doesn't mean you did anything no. wrong. What you're hoping is that I did everything I could for you to love Jesus. And if you choose not to, it will be in spite of the way I loved right. and showed Jesus to you. Discipline is a part of that. Um, 
but here's the other part of my kid running my house, and this is what I've learned uh, just from doing youth ministry. When my kids are young, and I now know this, I didn't understand this until I had kids. <laughs> you feel like you're on your kid's case all the oh, time. Oh, it's exhausting. Well, because they don't have that frontal lobe, you're, and for you to be the frontal lobe. Well, it's hard enough. I mean, I know we talked about we have terrible ADHD. We don't even have our own really yeah. great functioning frontal lobe. So to do mine and my two children. Yes. Ah, have you sometimes. have you watched Toy Story four? Yes. Okay, Forky. Yes. Okay, the yes. reason Forky is the best character in the world because Forky is this new creation, right? Yes. He's brought to life, and instantly from the moment he is born, he is trying to end his life yes. just through his own sheer stupidity. Like, yes. he's walking everything into traffic, he's doing terrible. this. Yes. That's what it feels like to have a toddler. You're like, <laughs> everything you're doing could ah, end your yes. life right now because you don't have this frontal lobe. You're not able to think yes. ahead and go, what happens if I stick my tongue in that light socket? Yes. What happens if I, you know, do this or walk into traffic. Now we have all those little things on our light, or on our electric outlet. Yeah, so you're you're constantly trying to protect your kid from doing that. And there is a good part of I <clears> am <throat> I am trying to be their frontal lobe. And certainly even with five and six, I'm constantly saying, don't talk that way to your sister. Don't talk that way to mommy and daddy. Hey, you know, I even have to talk my kids through, hey, we're about to have people come to the house. This is how you address an adult when they walk yes. in the door. And then when they don't, to go back to them and go, hey, that wasn't exactly right. Let's try it again. I just feel like every part of their life, I'm on top of them all the yes. time. And it's exhausting. And I'm afraid they won't like me. Yes, absolutely. You know, we talked in the last one about my kids get on my nerves. I'm afraid sometimes I get on their nerves. Oh, yeah. And I probably do. You probably do. And I know some people are like, oh, that's part of being a parent. It is. However, when you're in the moment, it doesn't feel that great. And Especially like we say, yes. we're total feelers. And so having our kids not like us, even though at our in our core, we know they do. In yes. that moment, we don't like that. And so I would rather talk to them about their internal motivations. Oh, yes. I would rather get off their case and just sit and go, I know you're such a good kid, and I know you're going to figure this out. And then they keep failing, and I keep going. And then eventually I start getting frustrated because I think it, I think they have bad internal motivations. Why is it you can't ever put your sock where I told you to put your sock? Why I've only is, told you this 800 times. Yes, yeah. and then I start to think, you're intentionally defying me, and this is and once again, I don't want to be on their case, so I don't say it to them. I just lose my temper occasionally. I get over the I'm edge I'm guilty on of it. that sometimes. I yeah. think we all are because, once again, if I'm focused on the internal motivation, but if I realize they aren't disciplined enough, mm -hmm. and I don't mean like you're not spanking your kid enough. I mean in the true sense of discipline. They structure. Don't, They're not they don't have the structure, and they don't have the internal motivation to make themselves put the sock where yeah. it goes. If instead, every time I say, all right, we're about to go upstairs and put all our clothes away, everyone who does it correctly gets, get it's snack time right after we tend to do ours at that. Everyone who does it correctly, when I come and check, everyone's getting a snack. Okay. And if you don't, you're gonna get like an apple. <laughs> Which you is get the worst great. snack. Yeah, yeah, a healthy snack would be the worst Everybody one. Everybody gets a cr really terrible free snack, but if yeah. you do it bad, you have to eat. Healthy yes, food. I think it's perfectly okay for you Apples to, are to just not give your kid a snack, but we have so much like foster training, you're not allowed to use food as like a uh, consequence. So like, oh, yeah. that's like all in our heads. So, so I, but I do think it is perfectly fine for you with your kids, I but like it's a thing too. for us. Anyway, you create something, and we have done this before. Hey, we're all going to get ice cream. Everyone who has their schoolwork done on time gets ice cream. If you don't, you're, we're gonna we'll give you a banana. You can go in the car and you'll go with the rest of us. But you will watch us yeah. eat ice cream. You can get it on the next round if yes. you get it right. 
and they do the schoolwork for the ice cream, <coughs> not the internal satisfaction of a job well done, mm-hmm. but that's okay. And so I don't want to spend my time thinking that my kids are these terrible, horrible kids who just, for some reason, don't love me enough to help me, mm-hmm. who don't care and think enough about me to do what I ask them to do. I would rather think, you know, my kids are good and loving kids, made in the image of God, mm-hmm. but because they're forky yes. <laughs> and they don't have the structure they need, they're not intentionally choosing to be mean to me or to be disobedient. Sometimes they are. Or unhelpful. Yes. But I don't even have to, when I have external rewards, I don't even have to worry about their internal motivation because mm-hmm. all my job is, hey, I know you tried, but... I'm sorry, this mm-hmm. is what we said was going to happen, and I know you are capable of doing this, uh, and so that moves on. But what I notice is when it comes to running the house, uh-huh. when teenagers run the house, it's because I should be talking to them about their internal motivations, and I've decided I'm going to be on their case every second of every day. Yeah, so if you have young kids and you're focused on not putting, you know, you're focused on understanding their internal motivations, like we've all gone, we've all heard a parent in a public place talking to their child who's flipping out and saying, you know, tell me why you're doing that, or hey, you know, whatever it might be. And then they become teenagers. Yes. And all of a sudden you're like, Hey, guess what? All that parenting I did before didn't work. So now I'm going to put in external motivations. Now I'm going to say, you're grounded or you can't do this. Or now I'm going to try to put in all these boundaries. Yes. You're going to create a ton of resentment. Well, what's going to happen is, yes, I think what ends up happening a lot is I don't want to be on my case, on their case when they're little because they're really sweet. And I just want to enjoy them being Mm -hmm. little and all that. I don't want to be on their case. And then when they're older, where I probably shouldn't be on their case, that's all I want to do because their decisions now are so scary and terrifying to me. The consequence of the decisions are so scary. Mm-hmm. And when they're old enough where they're finally that executive brain function is in the baby stages of development and mm-hmm. they might be able to internally motivate themselves yes. a little bit, I'm only giving external motivations. So this, I think, is a pretty classic one. Your kid comes home from school, right? Uh, 14-year-old, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say high school, comes home says, uh, drops their book back. You say, you got homework today. And they say, yeah, but I'll do it later. And you go, uh-uh. No, you won't. Sit down and do your homework. You're going to do it right now, and you can't do anything else till I check it for you. Mm. Right? Well, we all know how that goes. They have a phone in their pocket. You're actually not checking that closely. They're doing whatever they want anyway, and they bring it to you later and let you check it, and they're kind of frustrated about it. Mm-hmm. The reason you're doing that is because you're afraid they're going to fail the class if you don't. Yep. And when they were little, you did need to check their homework all the time. Right. And it was probably helpful to them that they knew mommy was going to check my homework and help me do it and get it done. Your 14-year-old doesn't actually need that from you. What they need in that moment is to get this woman, get this man off my back. Get them off my back so I can do whatever I want to do. What you want to do in that case instead is to sit with your high schooler and go, hey, you got homework today? And they go, yeah, and say, okay, do you need help with that? Mm-hmm. You know, Or if you already know they don't, just say, okay, uh, and say, are, when are you going to get that done? They say, I'm going to do it later, right? You say, mm-hmm. okay, do you think that's what's best? Yeah, it's fine. I work best under pressure, which what that means for every high school student is, I like to wait until four in the morning. The last freaking minute. <laughs> the old, well, because, and this is true, I actually think this is true for people whose 
whatever, uh, frontal lobe is being developed, they actually need that little bit of external motivation still. Yes. They can't internally. So what the pressure does is push them to do what they could have actually still done six hours earlier. You're like that a little bit. I'm like Oh, that 100%. A little bit. It's a little part of it. I've had to grow in not pushing things off to the last minute. But when you're that age, you can't fully figure it out. So what you do is you say, okay. Then the next morning, when they don't have their homework done, you know, or they stayed up till three in the morning getting it done, mm -hmm. and they're really tired. Say, hey, why are you tired this morning? I stayed up till three getting that thing done. Okay, do you think that's the best start for your day? They say, I think it's fine. Mm -hmm. You say. Because they're not going to agree with you. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then, <laughs> when they do fail a test, mm -hmm. when they do get a bad grade, right, you come back and you say, hey, what happened here? And they say, oh, I think I didn't study well. Okay. Do you want my help? Right. And if they say no, you say, okay, well, can I ask you just for a second? I'm not going to get on your case. I want you to think about what's going to happen. You start giving them, I call it the scaffolding uh -huh. for the executive brain function. You're giving them, the building's not built Not yet. the complete structure, but you're yes. giving them the you're giving support them the model questions. Yes. to help them build it. You're giving them the questions to think. What's going to happen, do you think, if you don't study well for the next test? Probably going to fail. Okay, what's going to happen if you if you fail another test? I might fail the class. Mm -hmm. What's going to happen if you fail the class? And they take say, it again. I'm going to have to take it again. Okay, and how will that make you feel? Well, it's probably going to be embarrassing when all of my friends move on to math three and I'm I still in math too. two. And then when my friends start saying to me, dude, why, why are you still taking math two? Yes. I'll have to tell them it's because I didn't study. And you go, okay, is that something you want? And of course the answer is no. You right. say, okay, what can I do to help you? Or what is your plan to fix it? And then whatever plan they come up with, you have that conversation. And hopefully, and see the difference is now, I am talking about, I'm giving you the internal motivation of you don't want your friends to laugh at you. It's still a little bit of external so motivation. So you shift from being the frontal lobe in the younger years to actually being the help. Yes. To help them utilize their own frontal lobe. I want to be the helper. And I think that's what every parent wants is when they're little, I want to be their little, their teammate and their helper, not mommy or daddy. I want to be the helper. I don't want to be the coach. Mm -hmm. I want to be friends with, with this three-year-old. Now, I'm not saying that facetiously. Yeah. I have felt that way. Oh, I have too. I, because they're so sweet and they're so fun. And now I've got this 14-year-old and they don't even like me that much. They're not already wanting to spend time with me. Right. So, God, you know what? I'm going to crack down on this kid because this kid's disrespectful and they're not paying attention. Yes. But... Here's what happens. You're already losing some time and attention with your 14-year-old. When you come in as a helper, yes. they may actually want to spend a little time with you because for the first time, they now, they're now in a crisis. There are, there are not many kids who actually don't care about failing a class. I there really care. aren't. They act like they don't because they're trying to get you off their back yes. because they know you really care about them not. But when it becomes clear, hey, I'm okay if you have to retake this class because you know they're still going to graduate. Yes. And you go, I'm st I'm okay with it. Now suddenly they have to determine, am I okay yeah, with failing this what class? Are, what are their own natural consequences that happen? Right. And so I think it's the same thing. I think <laughs> you say to them, I would do the same thing when it comes to other things of, hey, I'm going to this place. And you go, okay, who's going to be there? And they lie to you, right? I think it's still okay for you to ask because that, that's not really a discipline thing. That's a mm -hmm. you care about where they're going, right? right? So I think it's still perfect. Like, who, who's yeah. going to be there? And they say, oh, Robbie and, and, and Bing Bong. <laughs> what? <laughs> I 
they're, they're going to be there with Robbie and Bing Bong. I'm already thinking, you made this up. Yeah, oh, yeah. This is not good. You should know. So I would say, that sounds like a phony name. Yeah, I would say, it sounds like you're a good Give me Bing Bong's phone number. Because Bing Bong has the best stuff there. It's yeah. the best part Tell of me, I want to meet so. Bing Bong. And, yeah. Anyway, you, you find out. And then you find out... <laughs> See, this is your executive brain function not being able to work. Uh, okay, I'm back in it. So now you bing bong and you found out. And you find out they lie. Now you, now you may have to come in with some kind of external motivation. Mm -hmm. You may have to. Mm -hmm. You have to determine these kind of things. But I think the important part is I still would have this conversation of, hey, let's talk about what's going on. And you have to balance out when does the scaffolding come down. Yeah. So you're helping them, but then you have to determine when you're not helping them with an, it, you're helping them work on their internal motivation and ex explain that. But then when that, when it's clear to you as a parent that that isn't happening, yes. then you have to come back in with. I remember a very specific time. I was probably about 17 years old. And, uh, you know, at that time you can't drive past midnight unless you have a job reason. And so we didn't really have a, a, a curfew, but it was just, you know, you gotta be home when it's legally responsible yeah. for you to be home. So I was working and I guess my dad had called me, but I didn't see it on the phone. And okay. I show up and he's waiting for me. Oh, that's never good. Yeah. And I was later than I had to because I had to, because we just were really busy. I had to, I had to close. You're like, let me introduce you to my friend Bing Bong. <laughs> yeah. Let me talk to you about Bing Bong. So I show <laughs> up and my dad says, uh, why weren't you answering your phone? Okay. I called you. Why weren't you answering your phone? I said, we were really busy. And I said, I, and he said, well, where were you? I said, well, I was at work. We were just really busy. I said, I really was at work. I said, do you want to call the other people? And he said, no, because I never thought you weren't at work. But now that you're saying this, I'm starting to think maybe you're lying to me. <laughs> now, now and, I remember, and I remember at that time thinking, <coughs> huh, my dad actually trusted me. Mm -hmm. And now, and I really was where I was supposed to be. I just was trying to provide ahead of time. Where I think, and this is what he said to me. And I thought this was a totally different way. I, there was no grounding for being late. Mm -hmm. He didn't even call those people because he really did trust me. And this is what he said. He said, look, you're about to be 18 and there's mm -hmm. nothing, the curfew conversation is too because when you decide you want to move out, you can move out. Mm -hmm. He goes, but here's, here's the part I want to have a conversation with is when you live with anybody, mm -hmm. Not letting them know, hey, I'm going to be showing up at random times and just walking in is pretty rude to the people you live with. Mm -hmm. If you told them, hey, I'm going to be home at 12, mm -hmm. you should probably be home at 12. And if you're not, you should call them. And if they call you, you should answer the phone. Because that's just a respectful right. way. That's an internal motivation. There was no, and if you don't, you're going to be grounded. I'm going to take your car away. Yeah, and you're going to lose that job. That. It was, and it was you going, oh, I didn't think of it like that. And because I'm 17, not six, mm -hmm. I I have a little bit of that executive brain function, and he's helping me to stretch that muscle so it gets stronger. Mm -hmm. And as I get older, I can start to think about other things. And so I would say this, if you've got a little kid whose bad behavior is running the house, you gotta put a lot of, you gotta you put gotta a lot of consequences, a lot of discipline in place. Mm -hmm. If you have a 17 year old whose bad behavior is running the house, you know, I'm you assuming need, it, it's all just I would have some conversations. Less consequences. And that's the way my wife and I always say it. When they're right now, and we're transitioning. We have two that are in the preteen years. Yep. And we're balancing more conversations, less consequences with them. But still with our, our we have seven and eight-year-old. 
It's high consequence. I'm not having conversations about it. I don't care why you were where you weren't supposed to be. We let our kids have a lot of freedom. When we're at the, like right now when we're filming, I don't actually even know where they are, but they know where they are not allowed to be. And I've told them before, there is no reason you should ever be in this part of the building or in this place. And I've caught them there before. Mm -hmm. And instantly, consequence. We're not having a conversation. I told yeah. them, I don't even care what you're doing. I said, even if your arm was cut off and you had to come in here because it's where the bandages are, you don't get to, you got to bleed out somewhere else. <laughs> You gotta find somewhere else because you don't bleed on this road. Because I said no. Because I said no. There's no reason. You know what to do in a, because that's what they say. Well, it was an emergency and I had to, I said, well, where are you supposed to go in an emergency? Talk to you. Then why don't you come talk to me? Mm -hmm. If it was an emergency, it's okay to break up the fil your filming of the podcast. falling off. If your yeah, arm is on. broken, you can come we get We can me. hit pause. We can hit pause on this. Change clothes, come back. I don't have conversations <laughs> with them, but I have more, Not, but still, there's still consequences for my 11 and 9-year-old. They're just less than they used to be. Yeah because I want them to develop into the kind of people who can make those better decisions. And so, mm -hmm. anyway, I hope that's helpful. And many of you already probably disagree with us. So and send that okay. in as a question. Yeah, send it in. Confessions, questions, and anger statements, whatever. I say, confessions, questions, accusations. Yeah. Tell us <laughs> we're wrong. In. Tell us we're wrong. Where Tell we're us in. why we're not only not great parents, but bad parents. Yeah, terrible parents, like your daughter's I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> Thanks for being here with us today and send us in, uh, like Nathan said, send us all those things. There's a link in the show notes and we will see you next time. Take care.